Hey there. This is Rachel Lee. And Robin May. And this is The Problem with Perfect, the podcast for people who want to be freed from the joy-sucking, energy-taking, and judgment-clouding quest of perfectionism. We may be separated by more than two decades in age. But we are united for our passion for this, The Problem with Perfect. We'll be sharing our own struggles and interviewing experts on how to be authentically imperfect. Because let's be real, who wants to be around someone who's perfect anyway? Together, we can transform our thinking and let go of those thoughts that say we have to be it all and have it all to be worthy. So pull up a chair and have a seat. There's always a place for you at our table. Welcome back to another episode of The Problem with Perfect. We are live via Zoom. Hey, Robin, I have a question for you. Oh, I can't wait. Well, I want to know, and I think our listeners might too, what does it mean to you to be a confident woman? Mm, Gosh, how many hours do we have? (laughs) (laughs) It's a hard one, Uh, right? (laughs) Yeah, it is a hard one. And I think if I'm honest, like my gut reaction to that question is, well, I don't know, but I can tell you what it's like to not be confident. I feel like I'm a lot more acquainted and aware of when I'm not confident versus when I am. Oh, really? I don't know. Yeah. It's hard for me. I think if you would have asked me the same question, I would have said, I don't know. So I'm glad that you can have an answer. (laughs) But for our listeners today, if you've ever wondered to yourself, how can I be more confident in either workplace situations, in your relationships, uh, even just out and about with your friends. If you've ever Mm -hmm. wanted to appear more confident, we're actually telling you today three different things that confident women don't do. So like Robin said, sometimes it's easier to be aware of the things that we don't do well. And when we know about it, then we can change. We can change our actions to help us become more confident. And I think everyone wants more confidence and the tips you're getting today are going to help you live a more confident life in really easy ways. All right. So the first tip, Rachel, and I think like you said, we oftentimes find ourselves struggling with this and we don't even know it. Um, but confident women do not apologize for things that are not their fault. Ooh, this one is so hard because I know I do it too. There's a really popular reel, Instagram reel that's going around right now. And it's of this woman who is uh, writing an email and she says, I'm writing an email like my male coworkers. And in the email it has like a bunch of exclamation points and saying, I just feel like blah, blah, blah. And she's getting rid of that. She's getting rid of the explanation points. She's getting rid of the, I think your report may be wrong and changing it to your report is wrong. And instead of saying, thank you so much. All the best. She gets rid of that and just says her name. And then it shows her, uh, holding her coffee and shaking. (laughs) But I think that it's so true. I think a lot of times as women, we, we aren't confident in that. And we start apologizing for things that Mm -hmm. aren't our fault, fault. even if it's little things like in work emails. (laughs) Yeah. And like, and that reel you're talking about all the qualifiers, like, you know, I think, or I'm sorry, but I think, uh, and exclamation points, like, yes, every woman listening, like I always say, we get two exclamation points in our entire life. (laughs) I am an exclamation point user. I use it way too much because I think when now we're saying, I think a lot now I'm realizing that, 
But a lot of times over text, it's hard to convey emotion. And I want them well, to know that I'm happy yeah. and excited. Well, and I think text via a professional email or are two different situations. Mm -hmm. So I'll just say that. And I love it when you send me text messages that have exclamation points, but, uh, (laughs) but let's get back to the the whole point of apologizing for things that aren't our fault. I find myself doing this more times than I would like to admit. Mm -hmm. And so I'm really working to stop it. Like things are not my fault. Like for instance, I was just on a phone call Mm -hmm. and it was an important phone call. And on her side of the call, it kept dropping. And so I kept trying to call back and call back. And every time I called back, I would say, oh, I'm sorry. Like, it's not my fault that AT&T or Verizon or her cell coverage stinks. So why did I feel the need to fill the space, that awkwardness with I'm sorry? And that's basically what we're doing. We're feeling an awkwardness with, oh, I'm sorry. It was interesting. I, even yesterday I was in the car with Mason and I told him something that bothered me and it was so hard for me to do so. But I was like, nope, you got to tell him how you feel. Like you have to be uh, just able to communicate those types of things. And it was so tempting to be like, oh, I'm sorry if I upset you by telling Mm -hmm. you how I feel. And so I think that this I'm sorry mentality really transcends not only in our regular working phone calls, like you're just talking about, it can be in our relationships and our friendships and our everyday lives. So what do you feel like is at the heart of why we want to apologize all the time for things that aren't our fault? Mm-hmm. Well, I know for me, I, I sometimes feel like I'm inconveniencing people. Mm-hmm. And, and at the heart of that is like feeling that what I'm offering or talking about isn't value enough, valuable enough for the inconvenience. Mm, yeah, that I'm not enough mentality. Or if I do not perform something perfectly, then I am not as worthy of a person. And so I need to justify my worthiness by saying, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And even in some ways, as we are talking about this, it's kind of like opening up my eyes to the fact that like, I'm almost in some ways apologizing for my presence, Ooh. apologizing. Yeah. For my existence. Like, mm-hmm. and at the heart of that has to be that what I'm, what I'm offering or talking to you about isn't worth your time. Mm-hmm. And so it really comes back to like, why, why do I not feel like I am enough to have this conversation to be worth their five minutes of the day or their 25 minutes of the day. Yeah. So I think that that's good for our listeners. You're probably listening and recalling some of the own moments in your own life where you felt like, okay, I've done this too. And I think a lot of this, you know, by now, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while is that there is no three-step program to fix your life. (laughs) And a lot of it really is just being aware of the things Mm -hmm. that are happening in your life and, um, and realizing that. So when they occur, because they will occur again, Mm -hmm. you can take a moment and say, okay, I'm apologizing for something right now. Maybe it's over text or over a phone call and try and recognize it and stop yourself and then see how you feel. It may feel uncomfortable at first, Mm -hmm. but over time it could be, it can change and you won't be apologizing as much for things. Right. And, and hopefully your sense of value will increase in doing that. And another thing I will add to this is uh, I've sort of been thinking about this a lot since the beginning of the year. And so I have asked people in my life, if you hear me apologizing for things that aren't my fault, please stop me. That's good. And 
And can I also have the permission to do the same to you? Because let's work on this together. Yeah. I think you may have done that a few times for me recently too. (laughs) And I appreciate that. And I think as women, if we know that this is something that we have just been taught as women to say, I'm sorry, even more so than men, how can we help each other and say, you don't need to apologize for that. It's okay. Mm-hmm. And I feel right. like when I hear you say something like that for in that example, Robin, it makes me feel more empowered. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. it encourages me. So you don't have to do it just yourself. You can have other women around you help you with this as well. So I love yes. that point. Like my, oh, good. Like my coffee cup that one of my friends gave me. Uh, one of the girls I mentor and it says empowered women, empower women. So mm-hmm. let's do it. I yeah. know international women's day was recently in. It's a good quote for that one. All right. It so I uh, hope you love that first point before we move on to our next point, make sure that you subscribe to this podcast. So, you know, so you get episodes every single week and share it with a friend who, you know, struggles with saying, I'm sorry. Okay. Robin, are you ready for the next point? So confident women do not gaslight themselves. Do you know what gaslighting means? Because even I sometimes get confused and I bet a lot of our listeners would like to know the gaslighting definition. I agree completely. In (laughs) fact, I have to be honest, until Donald Trump became a a political figure that we talked about every day, I didn't even know what gaslighting was. Oh my gosh, that is so funny. I love that you just went there. Okay, well, we're going to go to our trusted friend Google and search for the gaslighting definition. Mm -hmm. So it is. is. So gaslighting often develops gradually, making it difficult for a person to detect. A person using this technique may pretend not to understand someone so they don't have to respond to them. For example, they may say, I don't know what you're talking about, or you're just trying to confuse me. From psychology today, uh, another definition of gaslighting is that gaslighting is a tactic in which a person uh, or entity in order to gain more power makes a victim question their reality. It works Mm -hmm. much better than you think. Anyone is susceptible to gaslighting, and it is a common technique of abusers, dictators, narcissists, and cult leaders. It Mm -hmm. is done slowly so the victim doesn't realize how much they've been brainwashed. (laughs) So for example, in the movie Gaslight 1994, a man manipulates his wife to the point where she thinks that she is losing her mind. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I love this because you think, oh my gosh, how could this happen? But I love how it talks about how it's over time. You tell yourself Mm -hmm. the same message over and over again to Mm -hmm. eventually you think you are losing your mind. Yeah. And we, not only can we be gaslighted by somebody else, but we can gaslight ourselves uh, in thinking that our views don't matter. Our mm-hmm. opinions don't matter. We don't matter because we're telling these stories in our head over and over again um, that invalidate our experiences and invalidate who we are to the point where over time we start to believe, oh, I really am not enough. Mm-hmm. Or my opinion really doesn't matter. And why would I even speak it anyway? Right. And at the, at the heart of that, there's just this doubt, mm-hmm. this doubt, like, uh, for example, like, well, gosh, maybe I didn't, maybe I didn't have that conversation. Maybe I didn't say that. Yeah, man, may, maybe, maybe I am losing my mind. Cause I could have <laughs> swore that I had that conversation. Yes. Um, and then doubt, like, you know, I, I felt really convicted. I felt really strongly about 
this being right, whatever this is. And then, you know, you have a conversation and before you know it, you're doubting, okay, well, maybe I, maybe I had that wrong in my head to start with. So this is the whole guy gaslighting, you know, we, we do it to ourselves and it just plants these seeds of doubt that again, we're not that valuable. Yeah. And so again, this is one where it it does break down your confidence over Mm -hmm. time. Because if you start to think your own experiences and viewpoints and things that you've done aren't valuable or even valid, then of course, how can you find confidence in yourself? And so this one, again, a lot like the first point is really just noticing and being aware of, okay, am I gaslighting myself? Am yeah. I am I be telling myself that, what I have to say or what I have to think isn't right and learning Mm -hmm. to actually stand up to your own self or others who may be gaslighting you. Mm -hmm. And I think it comes with a decision, a decision that like, I'm not going to do this. And I, when I am aware of it, I'm going to like turn from it and do something different. And and so maybe that, you know, you don't just say, I'm going to stop doing that something and and it automatically happens like stop doing it and replace it with something. So like, mm-hmm. no, like I've thought this through and I, I am right about this. And what I have to say about this is valuable. Um, and you can think about the other example that I said, like, did I say that, you, you know, stop and reaffirm. No, I did say that. I said it clearly. I communicated and, and yeah. this isn't on me to own. Mm-hmm. So uh, replacing those those doubts from gaslighting with affirmations of the value that we bring. Well, I love how point one and point two really go together because if you are gaslighting yourself or being gaslighted, you're you're probably saying I'm sorry when you don't need to, right? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought the same thing when you were talking. It's like these these kind of go hand in hand. Yeah. Okay, Robin, why don't you tell us about the third thing that confident women don't do? Confident women don't negate the value of what their body is telling people in conversations. They are very aware of their body language and what that is communicating to other people about their value and their confidence. Oh, that is so good. How do you become aware of your body language? Mm-hmm. I think it's really hard and uh, something, again, you have to be really conscious of. I have to say doing zooms, it's, it would be interesting if everybody would take this little test and the next time you get on a zoom, record it and mm-hmm. then go back and watch that zoom. Yes. Just, oh my gosh. Know, it's you, like, people don't like to see themselves on camera. Absolutely. Like, oh, do I look like that really? Or when you're not having a pose picture of you, but someone just takes a picture of you, mm-hmm. you think, yeah. do I really look like that? <laughs> That's good, Robin. I like that. Yeah. And it maybe even do that zoom little test with the volume off. Mm. So if you can't hear anything, what do you, what do you think your body language is communicating? And, and I've said this a hundred times on the podcast that, you know, about 60 to 70% of communication is nonverbal. So it's not what you say, but what your body's saying and how your eyes and your tone are communicating. Yeah. I think that that is so good. So I, I think everybody should do the zoom test and either that or ask a friend to just randomly take a picture when you're out together Mm -hmm. without you knowing Mm -hmm. and see what your body language looks like. But confidence in body language, a lot of times you have your shoulders back, you're not slouched, Mm -hmm. you have your head held high. 
in conversation. You're very present, grounded. You're nodding along. You're looking at somebody in the eye. You're not trying to shrink back, right? The opposite of body language that's not confident would be like shoulders slumped, trying to make yourself small. You can make yourself small by crossing your legs. You can make yourself small by crossing your arms, which I do a lot just because I'm freezing. I'm a cold person, (laughs) but it comes (laughs) off like you're not confident or when you're going and walking, let's say someday we are back in offices, right? Do you walk with your head held down, looking at your feet? Mm -hmm. You may be surprised that you may do that. Yeah. And I think you said something about your head held high is really important because when you think about everything that we do right now, we're on our phones. Yeah. Our chin is down. Our eyes are down. We're on our computer chin down. We're driving. And so really uh, being deliberate just to lift your chin and and put those shoulders down, uh, I think is, is really important. And I'm constantly, constantly preaching to myself about this. And I think when I started teaching group fitness classes, yeah. And people had to model my body language. I realized just how unconfident wow. my body language could be. Wow. And part of it started, I think, way, way, way back when it's like, you know, I've been like five, eight since I was in fourth grade. Mm-hmm. And so growing into my body was hard. And so I always slumped as a kid. And so yeah. you just get in that bad habit. I, of, I, yeah, I see that. I know I do that too sometimes where I kind of lean to one side because it makes me a little shorter. And it's, <laughs> it is interesting if you kind of do a self check of all the different ways that you could be given off, giving off this body language of, I don't want to be seen or mm-hmm. I am trying to blend in here. And mm-hmm. it's not always bad, like to have that type of body language. However, where body language comes in with these first two points is let's say someone is gaslighting you and you're over here with your shoulder slump, like, oh oh no, I'm getting torn apart, Mm -hmm. right? Like imagine how your body would feel if you sat up straight, you put your shoulders back, you're listening to this person gaslighting you. And then, like we said, you're saying, actually, no, I know I didn't do these things. And all of a sudden you are telling your body, nope, I'm going to be confident now and I will not be gaslighted (laughs) and I will not say I'm sorry. It's just a way to help you gather that courage by how you actually are positioning yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I would encourage people if you're in that situation, because as you were speaking, Rachel, I thought of a very specific conversation uh, with a physician that I was interacting with, mm-hmm. uh, where it was not pretty and it was not my fault. And, it, you know, I'm going to just say it. He was being ridiculous yeah. in this conversation with me. And, uh, I just remember being really conscious of like, no, no. And, you know, just pulling my shoulders back, actually leaning back in my chair and I was quiet. Mm. I didn't say anything. I just let the silence speak. Ooh, that's uh, good. <laughs> well, it was really powerful, uh, but it all came from a, like a, a resolute decision mm-hmm. that no, like I'm not going to own this. And every part of my being is going to let him know that this is not okay. That's good. And, th- and I think that it, silence does speak for itself sometimes. So I'm super proud of you that you did that. And uh, I'm going to take that lesson because I think sometimes silence is that. Yeah. (laughs) Silence and then lean back in your chair and just maybe even open your eyes a little wider. (laughs) 
I love it. I love it. I know our listeners love it too. So I hope that everybody learned something from today about how to be more confident uh, in your own mental state as well as in your body and how those messages can come across in your communication with others. If Please share this with a friend who would who wants to be more confident or who had a conversation with somebody recently and was tore down because as women, like you said earlier, Robin, empowered women, empower women. Is that right? <laughs> that is exactly right. And we want to do that in this podcast. So, so empower yep. a woman today and send this to her. Hey friend, thanks for listening to the podcast. We're honored that you're sharing your day with us. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. That way you get a notification when new episodes are released. And hey, we'd love for you to share this podcast with your friends and family. So make sure you do that. And remember, whatever you're going through, there's always enough grace for you today. So be sure to give it to yourself.